0: Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, ready to close out another work week. Get prepared for
2: next week. Next week is going to be fast and furious. Dip our heads into a... Tank of gasoline, light that thing on fire. Let's go. It is going down, getting closer and closer to the NFL draft right here in Las Vegas. So excited about it. Starting to get emails from NFL saying, okay, hey, this is going on here. This is going on at this time. On this certain day, you pick up your credentials. When you start getting those emails from the NFL, and it's so funny, we were sitting around the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center the other day when Dave Ziegler, the GM, met with the media, and probably about four or five of us, Cassie Soto, Cassie Soto, Ed Graney, I know Vinny for sure, and myself were like, hey man, have you got an email yet from the NFL? And we all kind of looked around because we started getting antsy. I know I started getting antsy. I want to get, want to get the confirmation. I want to get that email that says, hey, pick up your credential so you can cover the draft so you could be at this event or whatever the event is. Pick up your credential. This is where the media availability is going to be. This is where players are going to be. You know, I want to start getting these instructions so I can start planning out my day. And I'll tell you, Raider Nation, it was, I was like a kid on Christmas or a kid in Christmas or on Christmas Day. Whatever you want to say, it doesn't even matter. It was a kid in Christmas, and they all came together. When I got that email earlier this morning, as soon as I woke up and I saw that email from the NFL, I knew, oh, yeah, it is absolutely go time. And then all of a sudden getting hit up by multiple people about, hey, I'll be in town next week. You, you know, you're going to be available. And it's funny, right before the show, I was talking to Natalie. Natalie's the big boss around here. And she said that so many people are trying to come to town and say, hey, I want to catch up with you. Hey, let's go out and have dinner. Hey, let's go have some drinks. Hey, let's." And she said, yeah, I got about 415 to 445. I got that 30-minute window. So whenever you want, it's all yours because next week is going to be hell on wheels. <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't, don't expect any kind of big-time love, any time of hanging out and just kind of relax and chill. It ain't going to happen. It's going to be fast and furious and hair on fire next week, and I cannot wait.
3: Not even on the weekend. I was just thinking maybe Friday right. night, but nope. no, you got Saturday morning.
2: Man, I'll tell you, man, we have so much locked in for the NFL draft. I'm so excited. I mean, from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, we'll literally be, myself and DeMont will be here in studio on Thursday, and we'll lead you into the 3 o'clock, three o'clock to 5 o'clock pre, pre-draft show with JT The Brick. Also, uh, Jason Fitz and Eric Allen live at Dre's. So it's going to be uh, you know, a two-hour window leading into the NFL draft. Then the draft starts. And then myself and DeMond make a beeline and go down to the actual draft, hang out, of course, get a lot of audio, get the sights, get the sounds, meet and greet with whoever we can. Then we're going to make a beeline over to Dre's and see what's going on there, hang out there. Then, of course, the draft's going to get wrapped up. It'll probably be over about 9 o'clock, 9.30 our time. Right, so on the East Coast, that's that's about midnight. Woo! When I was there in Philly for the draft, dog, I mean it
3: literally got wrapped up about midnight. Man, I am not envious of anyone on the east coast when events Man. happen.
2: I'll tell you, there's one thing, and I was in, you know, I was in, in Central Texas, so we were on Central Time. There is nothing better than covering sports and watching sports from the West Coast. There is nothing better in life. And I don't care where you're from, and I know we have listeners from all over, there is nothing better. Than watching sports and covering sports on the West Coast, because no matter what time it starts, it's over at a reasonable time. I literally do a show on Saturday nights on ESPN National, and their time is like 1030
3: to 1 a.m.
2: No, not really. It's 730 to 10. You know what I mean? Like 10 o'clock. I can still kick it if I want to.
3: Exactly. Especially the Raider games, I know, because everyone's getting excited right. about the schedule release. Yes, I was so I was so happy when the schedule came out. Me being a game day worker for the team, yeah, that they didn't have any early morning games, right? Because that would have crushed me, <laughs> having to be the, having to be at the stadium around seven a.m.,
2: right? Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens on, uh, on May 12th when the schedule drops. We'll see exactly what the schedule looks like. And, of course, that's a Thursday, so you know that whole Friday we'll have nothing but wall-to-wall schedule coverage. The NFL is the only league that can drop the schedule and everyone get excited about it and, like, go through it with a, a fine-tooth comb. You know what I mean? Like, does, when the NBA schedule comes out, do you care? The only thing you want to see is who's playing on Christmas. That's it. That's it. When the Major League Baseball season comes out, the schedule? Does anyone care? Only only date
3: that they care about when is opening day?
2: Right, exactly. I mean, there's there's certain dates you care about, but the NFL schedule is so stinking good, and it's and, and they've positioned it so well that we will literally take a whole show and shows plural and break down the schedule and why the team is going to go eleven and, and six, or why the team is going to go ten and seven, or why the team is going to go thirteen and four. We will do that. I promise you, and we'll have people on the show talking about, well, what do you think about the schedule? How do you think that this shapes up? What do you think the hard part of the schedule is? Where do you think the easy part? Where do you
3: think that they should get grains? You know what I mean? Like, we will break down and analyze the schedule. Somebody's going to call in and say, wherever the buy's at, it's unfair.
2: Gangsta Raiders is going to come in and be like, 17 and 0, baby! (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Gangsta Gangsta. I ain't mad. But I mean, it's like, everyone... Has their, you know, breakdowns and opinions and can't wait to see. And, oh, this is the game I'm going to. This is the game that, you know what I mean, I might sell these tickets. I'm, whatever. Everyone will have something when it comes to the NFL schedule. And it's the only schedule in sports that does that. The only one. Only one. And that's why we love the NFL. So that's just something just to, to think about. We're doing that uh, coming up May 12th. That'll be a Thursday. So that whole Friday will be wall-to-wall, full-throttle, all things NFL schedule, but right now we—I mean, we—we we got NFL draft schedule. We got NFL draft and everything that they got going on. And like I said, the schedule started to roll out for that earlier this morning. We're starting to get the details, and we're getting closer and closer to an, a fantastic event here in Las Vegas. The only thing I'm a little concerned about, Demond, is they said the wind's supposed to be about 40 miles an hour on Thursday, and a lot of things are going on outside.
3: Like I don't know everything. That nice stage that's being set up inside the Bellagio fountain. Right. It's not gonna look that nice. That red carpet everybody's shivering.
2: Right. That red carpet fountain with uh, you know, on the on the water of the Bellagio fountain, that'll be pretty interesting with the wind blowing like it blows. Because hey, this is something I'm getting used to still, being a new booty here in the Las Vegas uh, you know, community.
3: When the wind gets going, dog, the wind gets going. I don't know about you, but it was trash day for me today. <laughs> and all, like, you could just look out the street mm. on the ground.
2: The first time my mom told me that you can't put your trash out too early because you might get your, you know, your trash can in the neighbor's house. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I saw it and I thought, whoa, okay, this wind is for real. So uh the wind here. In Las Vegas is no joke, so that should be an interesting element added to the draft next week, but uh, it doesn't even matter, man. It's gonna be exciting. I got a lot of friends that are coming into town, and I may be able to say what's up to them or send them a text message or say, Hey, I'm over here, I'm over here on the this side of the Bellagio fountain. I don't know where you're at. Oh, I'm back here in the back. There's just not gonna be a whole lot of time. We try to we try to plan things and have folks, you know, come together and everything and hang out and have a good time. It just doesn't happen like that, just because there's so much going on in the city, and that's okay. We like that. Well, coming up on the show today, we got a lot coming up, as we always do each and every day here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Of course, he's DeMond Cotton. I'm your boy Q. Some of the guests that we have coming up at 2.30. We'll continue to dive into the NFL Draft. Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network. He's host of the NFL Draft Prospects Pod. He'll join the show to break down, well, more of the NFL Draft. And I think that we've done a really good job of breaking down the NFL draft and talking about mock drafts and talking about these players and everything, but we've done it. And we've done it in different styles. We've used different different approaches so it's not all the same. So it doesn't sound like, oh, you got the same guests on. No, no, no. We don't want to do that. We're going to bring you every single angle we can. We're going to bring you everything uh, and, and make it as exciting as possible and try to give you that same energy and that same excitement that we have each and every day. So Joe DeLeon from uh, the Believe Podcast Network, uh, NFL Draft Prospects Pod is his podcast. He'll join us at 2.30 to break down the, um, the NFL Draft. Then at 3 o'clock. Our good friend Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports, she'll join us to talk all things NFL Draft. She's been covering everything going on downtown. She's been documenting it really well, taking pictures, taking videos. You know, she's just been all over it. Uh, I had people come into the office earlier today and said, okay, Q, so what time is the Ice Cube concert? What time is Weezer? When does Marshmello perform? I mean, all these different things are going on. When is this? I need to know when I need to be here, there, and the other She's been all over all of that. So if you want to bring your kids, you want to participate in the 40-yard dash, you want to go through some football drills, Paloma's going to be the one to tell you about it. So we'll talk to her about the NFL draft. We'll talk to her about UNLV spring game that is tomorrow at Allegiant Stadium. And she did a feature on Fox 5 Sports about Josh Jacobs and his, his uh, camp that he has going on. He did one last year that was really good. And the only thing about it last year... Like I didn't know about it. A lot of us here at the radio station didn't know about it until the last second. So we didn't really get to promote it and give it the love that it should get. So this year they're going at it with a little different approach. So she did a really good feature with Josh Jacobs on the, on the news last night. So we'll talk to her about that as well, but it's always great to see these different players. I remember I was at Darren Waller's event last year. Uh, I didn't get to make it to Josh Jacobs, but there's multiple events that went on last year. I was able to to be in attendance for if we can go out there and support and promote these guys and their, uh, their kids camps that they're having. Those, that, that's that's another one of our responsibilities that we have here in the community so we'll talk to Paloma coming up at three o'clock about all of that stuff also coming up at 3 thirty a young man that wants to hear his name called that could hear his name called I'm assuming probably around maybe the fifth round that's probably when that's probably the sweet spot about the fifth or sixth round. Caleb egans he's a guy that I met when I was in Central Texas. He was a guy that was going to a D3 school at UMHB. I covered UMHB uh, like a glove. And he was a guy that actually came from Texas A&M. And this dude has dealt with some adversity. You know, there's so many times that we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, man, why me? Why am I dealing with this? Why I got all these issues? How come I just can't get ahead? And we always make excuses on why we're not doing better. My man was at Texas A&M. His mom passed away. And he made the decision to leave that big time program at Texas A&M and get closer to his family and move and ended up at UMHB, which is a D3 school. He ended up at UMHB doing some, uh, you know, being a wide receiver, being a kick returner, uh, ended up going to East, East Texas Baptist, uh, did some things there. This dude's a speedster. He's a little small in size, but he's a speedster. Uh, he's, he's been a great athlete in every sport that he's ever played. I think he's got three degrees already. I mean, the dude is just putting in work on and off the field. So he's really an inspiration. And and, and talk about a guy that's dealt with a ton of adversity and still found a way to come out of it shining. Uh, He's a good dude. He's a good dude. So I got a chance to talk to him last year uh, about everything that he had going on and and tell you, you want to talk about an inspiration to talk to? He really is. So Caleb Eagans, uh, he's an NFL draft prospect. He's hoping to hear his name next week. If he doesn't get his name called during the draft, he's definitely going to get a phone call after you know he's definitely going to end up in someone's camp. I promise. He's got too much speed. He's got too much speed and too much high character not to get a phone call from somebody. So we'll talk to him coming up at 3:30 about the whole, uh, pro- you know, the whole the whole process of everything he's doing, uh, preparing for the draft. And look, DeMon, I mean, it's it's the 22nd. There's nothing these guys can do anymore that's going to make their their stock any better. Now they can hurt their stock. You know what I mean? Like they can go out and do something stupid, like a Laramie Tunsil or something and throw some, some pictures out there of him smoking a bong or something. And who knows? Maybe now that doesn't even matter anymore. But I mean, you know, there's, there's always something that happens like on draft day where it makes a guy's stock drop a little bit at this point, there's nothing that they can do to make their stock better. So when you're six days out from the start of the draft, what are you doing? Are you kind of on pins and needles? Are you kind of chilling? What, I mean, you know what I mean? Like what are you doing to pass the time waiting for the draft to get started on Thursday?
3: Man, I because I was thinking about that a little bit too because I was thinking about Charles Williams out of UNLV. Yeah, yeah. Because if yeah, you're like Chuck on wagon. that fringe of hey, you might not even get drafted. Like, is your agent making calls for you? Because I know that there's nothing physically that you, the player, can do. But is it still like some hey, man? Are you still interested? Like talks being happening. I don't know. I'm sure you're getting phone calls like every day. You're right.
2: Exactly. And I mean, you know how it is when you starting to anticipate something coming around the corner. Right. And you know, and look, this is something. And I mentioned this on yesterday's show. This is game changing for these guys. This is a life-changing moment. I know when I have an opportunity to do something that is life-changing, I think, or I feel like it's life-changing, I could barely even sleep the night before.
3: Shout I, out to that voiceover that you did for the Raiders. Oh, you like that, huh?
2: Yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was a cool little thing. I appreciate that. Shout out to the Raiders for, uh, you know, for asking me to, to do some things. And I had no idea. It's funny that you mentioned that. And I tweeted it out uh, last night after it was tweeted to me. I had no idea. All of a sudden, someone hit me up and was like, man, that video you're in is really cool. And I was like, Whoa. You know what I mean? Like you hear that these days, I'm like, "Oh damn, what I do?" <laughs> what video? What are you talking about? You know what the first thing I thought? Wouldn't me? <laughs> Wouldn't me, bro? I don't know what you're talking about, but then I saw saw it and I and I actually heard it and I thought, "Oh, okay. all right, that's what they were they were doing when they, you know, asked me to give my thoughts on certain things." So I was like, "Okay, cool." And they put it together really, really well. So shout out to the Raiders for uh, holding it down. And it was the Behind the Shield episode, I think episode number two. And you can check it out on their YouTube page. Uh, and, yeah, they they use my voice on a lot of things. And that was that was a great honor. I mean, I'm, I'm very uh, humbled by that just because I've said it so many times. I actually uh, text my, my, my buddy Daniel growing up, man. Me and Daniel used to go to the games there at the Coliseum. We'd walk across the bridge. We'd hustle tickets, you know, just to get into the game. I'd buy some tickets, then we'd sell them and you know, have enough money for snacks. We get into the game. So we were just some young cats, man, just happy to be at the game. Now all of a sudden I'm doing voiceovers for the damn team. It's like, whoa, what in the world's really going on here? You know, sometimes I have to pinch myself to uh to see if it's even real. And so that's why I always say when people call and they say, How you guys doing? I say, Blessed, man, you have no idea how large the blessings are. And so you definitely got to uh, appreciate that. So, yeah, that, that was cool. I'm glad that you noticed that, but uh, those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Joe DeLeon from the believe podcast network. NFL draft prospects pod is his show. We'll talk all things. NFL draft Paloma Villacana from Fox five sports. She'll hook us up with everything going on downtown. She'll talk about Josh Jacobs and his kids camp and also talks with UNLV. And then we'll close things out with Caleb Eagans. He is a wide receiver, kick returner. That's going to hopefully hear his name called next week in the NFL draft. So those are the guests that we have on the show. Now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
0: The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
2: Now, what I wanted to do for the opening drive today, because it got me thinking, we were talking yesterday, uh, you know, had multiple guests on the show yesterday, and had a lot of fun just talking about, you know, the Raiders, talking about the draft, talking about uh, expectations for the season, and also for the AFC West. And we had Jake Crane on. If you missed that uh, interview that that we uh, we had, go back and listen to it. You can always check out everything we do on com. He had an interview that he did with KJ Wright, and KJ played with the Raiders in 2021, and basically was talking about the AFC West and how tough it was and how tough it was going to be. And KJ went out there on a limb and said that he felt like the Raiders were going to win the division. And the reason they were going to win it was because of Derek Carr. So I want you to hear the audio so you can hear it for yourself. And then I'll throw the question I have for you. So here's KJ Wright talking about uh, if he's ever seen a division as tough as this year's AFC West.
4: In a long time, yes. When I was, when I was with Seattle, we had, we had us, we had the Rams who were always good in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Carson Palmer with the 49ers. And, um, but this division, quarterback speaking and offensively speaking, I believe in my 11 years is the best that I've seen. I, I had the honor to play with Russell. Patrick Mahomes put up 40 points on us twice <laughs> this past season. Um, you get Derek Carr and Devontae Adams to, yeah. to, you know, get that thing going in Vegas. I believe that offensively it's going to be primetime football. And so it's going to be really fun to watch right now. I have the Raiders as the best team in that division. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I got Raiders as number one in that division. And so it's going to be really fun to watch and see how those quarterbacks compete against each other and try to see how those defenses, you know, try to slow, slow the offense down.
2: So you think Derek Carr can be a Super Bowl championship quarterback? Uh, with the Raiders. I know Adam Devontae is a big piece. Yes. They played together in college, but you think Derek Carr is a Super Bowl-style uh, winning quarterback, I guess
4: the best way to put it. Well, having the opportunity to play with Derek Carr, he can be offensive MVP. He can wow. be a Super Bowl champion. You you look at the talent he has around him. Don't forget yes. Darren Waller. Don't forget Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro bringing in Josh McDaniels, who's a, who has a blueprint to get into the Super Bowl. And so um, Derek Carr has all the tools. He has all confidence. I had a, the opportunity to watch him have a few game winning drives to lead us to to the playoffs this past season. And so he has all the tools to get it done. And I got the Raiders winning the division.
2: There you go. Former Raider linebacker K.J. Wright played with the Raiders last season, of course, uh, really made his way in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks, won a Super Bowl with them, and as my guy Fabian pointed out, he did say that Carson Palmer played with the 49ers. He didn't mean 49ers. He meant the Cardinals. But you get his gist, and that's a lot of high praise right there for a guy that only played with the organization for one year. It's not like he's a guy that, you know, was a longtime Raider, and all he sees is silver and black, and the, the Raiders are going to do this, that, and the other. He was the guy that last year said, we're not done the first week in 2022, we're not done then. We're going to the playoffs. Even when I doubted it, you doubted it. Many people, except for, you know, there was like a handful that called in and said, oh no, they're going to go win four straight. I didn't believe that worth anything. You could have got me for a nickel on that one. There's no way that I believed that. He believed it and he felt like he knew why because of those guys in the locker room. So when you hear a guy that's been there, done that, He doesn't have any reason just to blow smoke up someone's backside. You heard Jake right there. Jake was like, whoa. Not only did he say that he thought that the Raiders were going to win the AFC West, Jake asked him straight up, do you think Derek Carr is a Super Bowl-type caliber quarterback? And he basically said yes. And And gave Josh McDaniels a lot of credit for it, too.
3: Also, I think it becomes when you see it for your, with your own eyes, right? to be on the team and see all of those game-winning drives that Derek right. Carr led the team to, you become a believer. Right. And, and the thing
2: is, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you guys are too close to the product, you guys work with the team, you guys are the flagship radio station, so you guys see through silver and black glasses. That's KJ freaking Wright that said that. Not me, not DeMond, not JT, not Clay. not Heidi, nobody. That was KJ Wright, a guy who's been in the trenches with these guys in the locker room, and especially that leader. So my question to you, Raider Nation, why can't the Raiders win? Because, of course, there's someone that's like, no way. It's not going to happen. They're setting us up for failure, just like last year. All this team ain't no different. Remember all the hell we caught for that? Thought you said the team was different. Thought you said the team was different than last time. You know, people got angry. And I understand. Hey, man, you know, you, you, you've been burned too many times. You, you, you're a little gunshot. I get it. I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC West. But I'm asking you, why aren't they going to win the AFC West? We'll add a little twist to it. You know what I mean? Why aren't they going to win the AFC West? What, in your opinion, is going to stop them from winning the AFC West? We know what Russell Wilson could do. Denver's got a hell of a quarterback. We know the Chargers got a lot of weapons. We also know who the Chargers are. What they've always done every single year, every year, even when I say, we better watch out for the Chargers. They're that team. They find a way to Charger it up. I don't know what it is. It's either bad clock management. It's poor special teams. It's injuries. It's something always gets in the Chargers way. It's not me being hateful or ugly. It's reality. You got the Chiefs. They've been there, done that for a very long time. But like my old boss, David Smoke, told me when I was bragging in Central Texas about the Warriors. Look at them dubs. Look at them dubs. I used to walk through the studio. My head was so big because those Warriors were winning everything. He said, enjoy it now because it don't last forever. So you know Kansas City's been on a run, but it don't last forever. You got to enjoy it now. There's a big hole there. Not saying that they can't fill it, but I'm saying there's a hole right there. Tyreek Hill's out. How is that going to adjust to the offense? How is that going to affect the offense? I think it's going to affect the offense in a major way. So I ask you, Raider Nation. You can hit us up multiple different ways, of course. We'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Also, the Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Why can't the Raiders win the AFC West in 2022? Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Q and D, we won't win the AFC West in 2022 due to another E scandal. Okay. I'll say this, and, I'm, and I'll, I'll say it, and I'll preface it with saying, I'm a John Gruden guy. I like John Gruden a lot. I like Mike good a lot. What happened might have accidentally been a blessing in disguise as much as I hate to say that I'm not trying to throw dirt on those guys at all, but it just feels like to me, there is so much more not, not function, but there's so much more going in the right direction for the team now than there has been in a while that what happened, the way it all shook out might have been a blessing in disguise. Of course you don't want it to happen the way it and happened and shook out, but maybe just maybe, that was a, you know, that was an olive branch to the silver and black. Maybe, even though everyone screamed from the mountaintop that it was, you know, the worst thing that ever could have happened. But right now, I think everyone feels about this regime. Now, of course, if they don't go out there and win, it's like, oh, my God, this thing, you know, it's going to be hell in a handbasket. We know that. But you don't know. You just don't know how it's all going to shake out. Got one text from uh, Just Win Wendy. Just was, just Win Wendy, excuse me. I had to get hers in because you dogged her out yesterday and didn't get hers in immediately.
3: I got it on, on Vinny's show.
2: Yeah, well, you didn't get it in when she called in or texted in. Hey, Q and Demon, I'm not worried. Somehow I always see you, Q. It's like a magic thing. I always manage to run into you every time I come to Vegas. Remember, even at the Pro Bowl practice. I won't DM you. I just plan to see you somewhere. Maybe at JT's show at the Cafe Americano and Damon. I know you'll be working, but try to have fun. Love you guys. Just win, Wendy. That has to do with uh, just being around town and being so busy for the NFL draft. Thank you, Wendy. We do appreciate you as always. And, yeah, you're, you're one of those fans, and uh, well, that's why we love you, is that, hey, we're always going to run into you, and that's good. That's always good times to hear from you and see you. 702-365-9200. Who we got up?
3: Juan the Smasher.
2: Juan the Smasher. Hey, man, got your poster up in the studio. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show what's up q what's going on chilling man chilling man it's a good day today it's friday
5: i just picked up my daughter from school man it's, it's, it's it ain't a greater feeling than being a father you know what i'm
2: saying i heard that yes sir
5: hey man i'm, I'm a, uh hey thank you for the t-shirt you know what i'm saying but next time make sure it's red you know what i'm <laughs> saying <laughs> hey yo q yeah i'm just saying man red blue but the real color that matters to me is green you know what i'm saying
2: yes sir yes sir make that money
5: Hey, hey, hey! And in the draft, I'm excited because I'm gonna take my son, aka little baby Smasher. I'm gonna tell him like this: Look, son, you see those young men in, in the stage? You need to be like those fools because they're there because they earned it. Nobody gave them nothing. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yes, and sir. I'm gonna be like
5: be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like be like those draftees. Don't be like your daddy because that that's who you need to look up to. And on another note, real uh, Raider Nation. If you guys want to get a real haircut from real Raider fans, go to Masterpiece Raider Barbershop. And you guys have a blessed day.
2: Nice. I like it. I like it. There you go. Hey, man, we are always up for a a good barber in town. We always want to hear about a good barber in town. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I take my haircut very, very seriously.
3: Oh, you would love it up at Masterpiece. I used to get my haircut up there, but it is in North Vegas. Oh, so, okay. you know, it was a bit of a draft.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, while my dad was in town, I learned all about North Vegas. That was his old stomping ground, so everything he wanted to do. Hey, let's go over here real quick. All right, where is it? North Vegas. Damn. All right, let's go, Pops. Got to love him, though. I ain't mad at that. Oh, let's get one more quick call in. Gangsta gangster. welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
1: Hey, what's happening, y'all? I'm feeling good. You know how it is? It's Friday. We're getting ready for the draft next week. I'm going to come down there and get with y'all. But, um... You know I'm yelling 17-0 and 0 because I believe we can do it. And I, I think um, just with the division, if we sweep the division, the other game should be easy. And who was the last um, team to go undefeated in the regular season? Wasn't it the um, Patriots, I think? It was. And was it, was it McDaniels there, um offensive coordinator then? He, he
2: was, yep.
1: I, I think we got better um, tight end. I think we got better receivers. I think we got a, a better um, – pass rush, defensive line, you know what I'm saying, Then, than that team that went undefeated. So I think it's possible, you know what I'm saying. And plus, Miami, the only team that uh, won the Super Bowl after being undefeated. I know Al Davis would love to um, take that away from Miami, and that'd be um, our thing, you know what I'm saying, even though Al Davis gone. But I know, I just know he would have loved to be the team to break the um, Miami Dolphins undefeated record. And also, I want to say, um, I think everybody's sleeping on the fact that Denver's head coach um, used to be the offensive coordinator in Green Bay, and that think that gives us an advantage because Devontae Adams was like his number one target. So Devontae Adams should know how he think, know his go to plays, you know what I'm saying? Know what he likes to do when 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 the things like third and long or whatever. So I think that should give us an advantage. And also, I believe that due to the fact that. Our uh, defense is better, and we have a better, I, who I feel, a better defensive coordinator. I think our defense will be even better than it was last year. So, like I said, I told you, I think we're going to average at least 38 points. You know what so i You know, you thought it was crazy when I first started calling in. I told you we could average 31 points. But I think we could average 38 points a game, and if our defense can't hold teams from under thirty eight, if we score in thirty eight a game then we don't deserve to win the game. So <laughs> right. I really believe we could probably go undefeated. But realistically, being truthfully realistically, at least thirteen wins. You okay. know what I'm saying? And I think everybody else is scared of us. You know so everybody is scared of the Raiders. That's why they're doing all this, especially the Chargers. They reacting to us at the end of their season last year. The uh, the the Broncos are um tired of us beating. I think we swept them three times three years in a row if I'm not mistaken. Oh at least two years in a row. Yeah at least two at least two years in a row. You know what I'm saying? So everybody else is scared of us, even Kansas City. You know what I'm saying? They they did us last year because, you know, we took a few steps back. But they scared of us, too, especially with our new additions. Everybody is scared of us. You know what I'm saying? And everybody, go hop on that um, eight-and-a-half wins that Vegas has given us. Like, sure we spank them so they won't do that anymore? You know what I'm saying? Spank them like we did last year. Let's get ready to go. We got the draft coming next week. I'm going to be in town. It's going down. So let's get it. Let me give you a good one. Ray! Raiders.
2: let's get it. Keep it gangster, y'all. I'm gone. There he goes, Gangster Raider. He's gone. Appreciate the call. Great passion, great energy. I love it, man. It's good. always good to hear from you. It's always great to hear from Juan the Smasher as well. Uh, keep those texts coming in, man. 69187, keyword R&R. Why can't the Raiders win the AFC West in 2022? What would stop the Silver and Black from winning the division in 2022? Let us know about it. Coming up next, Joe DeLeon from NFL Draft Prospects Pod from the Believe Podcast Network. He'll join us to talk all things NFL Draft. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We have been covering the NFL draft like a
2: glove around here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness every single way you can look at this draft we've done it we flipped this thing upside down we've looked at early round picks we looked at late round picks we looked at undrafted free agents i mean we've done it all and we're going to continue as we are on the home stretch right now and to help us break it down just a little bit further is our good friend joe de leon from the believe podcast network nfl draft prospects pod is his show and joe thank you so much for your time as always my man it's always great to catch up with you and now we're in the home stretch, man. I mean, the NFL draft is next week, right here in Vegas. We're excited about it. At this point, if you're a prospect that's hoping to hear your name called next week, what can you do, if anything, to help your stock?
6: Yeah, I think at this point that we've gotten to the the, the final stretch here. There's not a whole lot if you're a prospect to help in, in improve your your draft stock. But uh, you know, we're at that point where a lot of these guys are just trying to, to boost off of some media availability, hopping on. Whatever opportunities that they can, whether it 's good morning football, I saw that uh, you know recently uh, I believe the the Tulsa offensive lineman on black on his name is Tyler Smith was on on good morning football mm-hmm. recently, like guys doing that kind of stuff, just getting their name out there a little bit more, creating a little bit of buzz for themselves that 's where we 're at at this point because all the work has been done, the heads in the barn, and these guys are ready to get drafted.
2: you know uh, I wanted to ask you what you felt like was the most important factor heading into the draft is it what you were able to do in in, in actual game uh settings you know what you were able to do on the on the field or was it some of these private workouts was it some of the the combine stuff was it some of the pro day stuff and especially when it goes back to the game film a lot of that was you know COVID related as well so things weren't quite necessarily the same so uh, how how much of of these different showcases do these evaluators take in when they're looking at these prospects
6: Yeah, most of what goes into evaluating a player and determining what he's going to be at the next level and when you grade a guy, it's always going to come down to a majority of it being your film, what you do in college. If it doesn't show up on tape, if all the things that you do at the Combine and the Senior Bowl and in the private workouts, if those things don't show up on tape, that's a concern. That shows that you are either holding something back you don't have the ability to translate your athletic skills to the field. So for the most part, it's everything that you see in performances against big opponents, small opponents. Are you going full effort? Are you dominating people? That is what is going to sell the stocks on these on these draft prospects. But these extra activities once the season is over is to help make that final decision when you're debating between multiple guys. So you have the athletic testing, Maybe you get some surprising numbers for a guy that you didn't know was as athletic as somebody who you maybe had a similar grade to. That's going to help you separate uh, between those guys in your rankings. And then as well, these interviews and these individual opportunities to show off your personality. Kind of similar to as you would be looking for, you know, in a relationship, uh, a professional one or or outside of work, you want to make sure it's a fit personality-wise. You want somebody that has the characteristics For your franchise. If you have a guy that's distracted, he's not going to fit a team like New England that looks for really hyper focused, bought in guys. So those things I think are just that remaining like 10% to sell for a prospect. If they belong with the team, and if you really want to make that pick for a player,
2: you know now that this year feels like because there are uh, those you know top thirty visits. There's been a lot of those across the league. There's the uh, up close and personal stuff as as opposed to what we've seen the last couple of years leading into the draft when there was a lot of Zoom everything because of the pandemic. Uh, do you think that makes it easier for these teams to evaluate since they are up close and personal with these uh, prospects?
6: Yeah, I think it definitely does. And I think in, you know, in any work atmosphere, this, this is a job interview for these guys. And being able to interview in person is very different than interviewing over Zoom. You're, you're not going to really be able to sense the presence of somebody if you're talking to them through a computer. And I think the other thing as well is the, these evaluators, these general managers, these coaches, just want to see these guys in person. How do they do in that setting when they're surrounded by team evaluators Um, do they know how to handle themselves? Do they crack maybe under the pressure? That's kind of why they try to ask these goofy, weird questions during these interviews, and you always hear about them popping up. They want to know how they act in those situations. Can they handle being uh, picked apart from that that sense? So I I think that it definitely allows these teams to get a stronger understanding of what they are like in person, and I think that there's probably going to be a lot less misses than there were over the past couple years because of the the limitations
2: from COVID. Talking all things NFL Draft right now with Joe DeLeon from uh, the Believe Podcast Network. NFL Draft Prospects Pod is the name of his show. Does a fantastic job. Now, as far as the Raiders go, they have this new regime with GM Dave Ziegler. Assistant GM is Champ Kelly. We don't have something that we can say, well, this is the trend. This is what they've done because this is all new for us. So have you got any kind of sense on what those guys uh, may kind of be I don't I don't want to say trend to do or, or tend to do, but just kind of their personalities and how they may navigate through the draft, especially not pick until round three.
6: Yeah, the, the thing with any guy that's coming from the Patriots tree and, and that background, they're gonna be looking for high character players and guys that they know are gonna, you know, work really hard, that are gonna be willing to provide contributions on special teams you kind of see with the Patriots oftentimes both draft guys that maybe can't step in and play right away, but work themselves in as like a rotational player. They play a lot of punt coverage and, and punt return and, and all the, the, the various special teams' ways that they can get onto the field. And then over time, after a couple of years, they start phasing them in and those really that stand out and develop become starters you don't get a lot of rookies in the Patriots tree that really step in immediately except maybe some of the first round picks that they've had um but that's typically the route that they go they they like to get guys that they know that they can develop and and work themselves in over time maybe banking less on super traitsy players that might turn into really fantastic athletes but rather just going for guys that know that are going to work hard have that um you know very attentive, uh, determined personality to keep progressing forward and then just buying into the culture is what they want with those guys.
2: You know, I asked uh, GM Dave Ziegler the other day about versatility, you know, and and how important that is. And, and Joe, if you're a, a, a prospect that's looking to get drafted in round three, round four, round five, or beyond, how critical is it that you do a lot of different things and be that versatile player so you can get picked up by any team, not just the Raiders?
6: I think particularly on day three, that versatility comes into the equation. Guys that are receivers and running backs, can you return kicks? That's going to be brought up, especially. Now, again, that's a very much a a, a Patriots approach. I mean, heck, I think a really good example uh, of versatility is is Derek King from Miami. I was talking to him the other day, and he was telling me how teams that he spoke to were asking if he was willing to be a, a backup quarterback they could run out there and play some receiver, play some special teams, return some kicks, do that kind of stuff. And I, I think that like him as an example of, if you're willing to, to offer that up, that's how you get a spot on a roster. Those day three guys, you're not guaranteed that you're going to make a roster. If you can show that you can not only contribute in whatever role they see you playing in one position, but that you can play multiple, that is what helps you make a team, especially with, limited roster spots, if you can do more than one thing, that's what's going to keep you around.
2: Is there a guy or two that you're a couple prospects that you're thinking, okay, these guys are flying under the radar. Nobody's really talking about these guys, but I think that they're going to be some real-deal players whatever team decides to draft them.
6: Yeah, I think the first one, Caleb Ellaby from Western Michigan, isn't really being uh, talked about very much. To me, I feel like a lot of people are hyping up players like Jack Cohn and... Mm -hmm. uh, Cole Kelly, some of these bigger, old-school-style quarterbacks. But Caleb Ellaby, man, he's got a really nice arm, very, very underrated. One of the younger prospects, this is a 2000 kid, and he came out pretty early. Uh, I think that if a team wants to stash him on their roster as like a third quarterback, give him some time to develop and and see what he can turn into. Uh, Another one for me is uh, defensive tackle, Thomas Booker from Stanford. Mm. I think that he is, is really, really fantastic. Six foot three, 300 pounds, uh, you know, very hardworking kid. Like you get with a lot of these, these Stanford defensive tackles and Stanford has a reputation for putting out some, some really quality defensive tackles. So, you know, for me, that's, that's somebody to pay attention to. And then the last one that I push for that I think is really going under the radar, Pierre Strong Jr. From South Dakota state, he has been so dominant at the FCS level a uh, longtime starter for the Jackrabbit had multiple thousand yard rushing seasons. He provides value as a receiver was the fastest running back at the combine. And to me, I, I think he is the perfect player to be like a surprise rookie or second year standout stepping in for a team that maybe has an established starter who maybe goes down with an injury. I think he just does so many things well and could potentially maybe be this year's Elijah Mitchell or James Robinson that type of a guy because he's just he's been around for so long and he's he's got the experience that some of these other running backs don't have
2: Wanted to ask you about another running back, and I know that the value is not always there you know, for the running back position, even though we love to watch them, and I think that they really help dictate the, the course of a game. But a guy in our own backyard from UNLV, uh, the Chuck Wagon, Charles Williams. Uh, what what are your thoughts on on uh, the Chuck Wagon? Uh, what are you hearing about him? Do you think that he's a guy that could be you know, a late day two, late three, or, or a day three
1: pick? Yeah, Charles Williams,
6: uh, I think because of the, the depth in the running back class, um, he's going to get pushed down a little bit because there's just, there's just so many guys in this class you have to consider, like Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kyron mm-hmm. Williams, Kenneth Walker. Those guys are going to get picked uh, ahead of a guy like Charles Williams. But you know, I, I think that he, he's uh, got decent burst for a player of his size, five nine 200 pounds. Um, that not being that big might hurt him a little bit, but you know, some of late day three is probably realistic for Williams just because of how this, this class is stacked. There's so many big names in this class in the running back position, and I don't think that should take away from Williams. It's just him coming out in a, in a group that, that has some, some nice quality players.
2: Right, no, that makes a whole lot of sense. And, Joe, before we get you out of here, I wanted to ask you, do you expect to see, because we keep hearing that this draft is kind of a, a, a lesser talented draft, and, and that all has to do with the quarterback position, and that's fine, do you expect to see uh, a lot of day one drafts or uh, trades, or, or do you think it's going to be more kind of like everyone's going to stay status quo? I
6: think everyone's going to sit where they are in terms of trading, there's definitely going to be trades. The Saints made the move that that they did so that they could move up even further to possibly draft whichever tackle ends up being the third one available. But separate from that, there's maybe a trade up for Malik Willis. And I don't really see much other reasons to to move up, particularly because of, of what you just said there, that there's not really that many stars, but there's a ton of depth at a lot of these positions. So there's going to be a lot of edge rushers drafted in the first round. So if you're a team that needs an edge rusher, instead of trading up into the top five to go get a Trayvon Walker or a Kayvon Thibodeau, why not just wait and draft a George Karloftis or a Jermaine Johnson or a Boy Maffe? There's a lot of options if you just sit and wait and don't give up any of those picks. And then the other thing as well, this is a really deep draft class. This is one of the deepest classes that we've seen in a long time uh, for a multitude of reasons. And teams are going to be valuing those late round picks. You're going to be able to get guys that might develop into starters over time, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of trades, particularly particularly in the first round.
2: Fantastic stuff. Really, hey man, love to catch up with you and love to get your insight uh, each and every time that we have you on the show. That's Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network. Joe, what you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for?
6: Uh, just more draft coverage coming out next week from the NFL Draft Prospects Pod. We're going to be, me and my co-host Ryan are going to be putting out a lot more shows uh, leading up to the draft and then some live coverage uh, from the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, I'll be hosting some stuff with, with a lot of our, our team show hosts. So stay tuned for that as we're going to get some amazing reactions uh, from uh, the Belief Podcast Network.
2: Does that mean that you're coming out to Vegas?
6: Sadly, no. We have to do it remotely because <laughs> uh, you know, all of our hosts are all over the country. I wish. I wanted to go to Vegas. We, we, we tried. <laughs> all right.
2: Well, hey, when you do make your way to Vegas, man, make sure you hit me up and uh, we'll have to link up. And, and keep up the great work because you do a great job, uh, you and everybody on the podcast network.
6: For sure. Much appreciated. Have a good
2: one. All right, you too, brother. There he goes. Joe DeLeon right there from the Believe Podcast Network. NFL Draft Prospects pod is the name of his show, and him and his co-hosts and, and all the people on the on the network that are covering the the draft are doing a fantastic job, and it's been a lot of fun. But uh, we thank Joe in a major way for joining us right there. Uh, coming up next, we want to hear from you. Your calls and texts, 702-365-9200, and the Salmonash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Why can't the Raiders win? the AFC West in 2022. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
6: Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio
0: 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Getting off to a fast and furious
2: start here on Unnecessary Roughness. Just heard from Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network talking all things NFL Draft coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll have our good friend Paloma Villacano from Fox 5 Sports talking all things draft, talk some UNLV, talk some Josh Jacobs. We've got a lot to talk to Paloma about coming up at 3 o'clock, but we also want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. When we started off the show, played a little soundbite of K.J. Wright, former Raider linebacker, talking about the AFC West and the fact that he was picking the Raiders to win the AFC West, and Derek Carr was a main reason why. Now, that's not me coming in here and saying, oh, see, Derek Carr's the end-all, be-all. I'm just telling you and letting you hear from a guy who was in the locker room with Derek Carr what he believes. So the question I throw out there to you at 702-365-9200, Salmonash text line 69187, keyword r why can't the Raiders win the AFC West in 2022? Why is it insane that they would win the AFC West? Why is it that everyone's picking on the to win to, to, to go fourth in the division? Why is Derek Carr the fourth best quarterback in the division? You know what I mean? Like, all those, remember Kids put out that song, Why? I Remember that? Back in the day, I loved that song back in the day. Why? I want to know why, Raider Nation. I want to know why I want to hear from you. Also, we're coming to you live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Let's go out to the phone lines now. 702 365 Let's talk to our guy, Dan. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
6: Thank you. New listener, man. I walk on the beach every day in San Diego and listen to you, man, and it makes my walk really easy, brother.
2: Appreciate you. Thank you so much.
6: And thanks for replying to my my tweet.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the
6: Raiders are the Raiders are going to win it. I mean, you know, the the, the national media doesn't like them. Uh, uh, the betters the betters aren't pulling for them. But you know what? The people who are betting are betting on the Raiders.
2: Right. Facts.
6: Yep. And that makes a big deal. And you know what? I want to say you and Lamont do a great job. And i I'm in I'm in Vegas at my other house for the draft. I come here a lot. I'm retired. Probably your oldest caller. And, man, you guys keep up the great work.
2: Hey, will do. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate the call, my man. And if uh, if you ever need a house sitter while you're out of town, DeMond said he's got you covered, man. DeMond will have be your guy. You know what I'm saying? He's got a little bit of uh – he's got them big guns. You know, he's swole up so he can – just in case there's any danger, danger, he got your back. But, no, we do appreciate the call, my man, and uh, I like your breakdown right there. Let's go out to uh, Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
7: Hey, good afternoon, Q and Lamont. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not the first time either. Why does everybody gravitate towards Lamont? I oh, from Sanford,
2: from Sanford and Son. From Sanford and Son. You big dummy. <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh, man. I also wanted to shout out Juan the Smasher, man. I, he, every time I hear him talk, it's like I'm right back in the cuts, man. It's like I never left. I love it. I miss home all the time, and that helps son. You know, as well as hearing from other Cali folks.
2: Yeah, yeah. Juan's my guy, man. Juan's my guy. It's my homeboy. Yes, sir. Now, getting to the topic,
7: I'm going to go ahead and say it like this. So, the narrative is that the Raiders ain't going to win the West because we haven't in so long. And not only have we not won the West in so long, we haven't put up a good fight in in a lot of years. I mean, the last time I remember us sweeping the division... We also went like eight and, and uh, eight and eight and or, uh, or even worse. And while we swept the division, we still missed the playoffs. So that goes that goes to show you we haven't been those those Raiders that everybody fears. But my hope is that now we will be with this regime that seems to be doing things that make sense and moving in silence and making the, the the big money moves but not foregoing the, the idea that we want to continue to win, I think that's a, we're going to start winning and we're going to start changing that narrative. In my opinion, it's always going to be because we don't know about the O-line. Well, Derek Carr is the fourth-best quarterback in the in the division. Well, their defense hasn't been great. They always have some excuse, but at the end of the day, they're going to be the first ones to eat their words when we do win the division come the end of the season. Thank you guys for taking my call, and you have a good afternoon.
2: I right, appreciate the call, my man. You know what's funny about that? You're you're not wrong. You know, anything you said, you're not wrong about. But what's so funny is last season, the Raiders were second in the AFC West. Season before that, they were second in the AFC West. Season before that, they were tied for second in the AFC West. I mean, you know what's so funny? It's like, yeah, I know that they're not first. I know Kansas City's winning. But they're right there. The last three seasons, they've been right there in the, in the hunt for at least a, a, a share of the of first place and end up in second. And I get it. That's the first loser. I'll be the first one to tell you that. But it's not like they're getting boat raced every single season and ended up 4-12 and 12, or like the Chargers a couple of seasons ago, 5-11. and 11. I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there. 2.58 is the time when we come back. We'll get to some more calls, but we got Paloma Vilicana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.